session number 220 of Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this podcast is here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Today, we are going to talk about optimizing your scanner list. This is a topic that comes up from time to time when I get asked questions, and I am recently going through this very same exercise myself. See, I just opened up and started using for the first time in a very long time, a Yaesu VX3R. Love this radio. It's a little handheld radio. And um, I'm probably going to post some videos on this one over my TikTok channel. So if you haven't seen this radio yet, you want to check it out, go to scannerschool.com slash TikTok. And uh, maybe I'll even leave some videos over on our Discord server as well. Again, if you want to be a member of our community, you can go to scannerschool.com slash Discord. Now, what happened with this radio is it's a straightforward ham radio but it does wideband receive it's conventional only and there's banks and there's memories inside the banks and there's other hard-coded banks in here and i had to sit down and i had to figure out again well what first of all how do the memories work in this how do the banks work in this radio and it's a yesu product so it's completely different from anything that we are used to here in the scanner radio world but it's how do i want to organize these and what's the best way for me to organize these things and what's the best way for me to do it in this radio. So being that this is something that's now fresh on my mind because it's another radio now that I am playing around with, you know, I, I think it's a good time to break down this this conversation. Now, again, this is going to be a pretty quick podcast episode. Been under the weather this weekend for some reason, and uh, <laughs> I'm just I'm I, I'm powering through. Right, we are going to get this podcast episode out, and we're going to make sure it's as good as we can get for you guys here. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you can pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early. And also, you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live scanner radio roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way... Most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now, find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill K, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pascoe, David C., Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, 
Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Jacques Barry, James Broxton, James Felling, James Peruta, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jenny Taylor, Jim B, Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, Joe Kordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Mike Lopez, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Paul Seish, Randy Cummings, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Tim Mazza, Ted Glendie, and William Arcand. All right, so let's break things down a little bit. Let's break things down into a couple of different bullet points that we are going to discuss in the podcast here. So we're going to break this down into the best ways for you to set it up so it's most efficient for your scanner. We're going to tell you how to set it up or we'll we'll explain the best way to set things up so they might be easier for you to understand in your scan list. And then we'll break down into a single radio use and then a multi-radio use. Okay, so we're going to break this down in different ways. We'll also talk about how I set mine up just in case inquiring minds would like to know. So we have to assume now we're going to start with this little topic here that we are going to talk about a single use scanner here. And we have to also understand how different things work in the scanners. So Let's start simple, right? Let's start where I am right now. I have a conventional only radio that I am setting up and I want to know how to set this thing up. Well, when it comes to conventional, a lot of people seem to believe that if you do lowest to highest, that's the most efficient way for your scanner. I don't believe that to be true. Okay, I think at one point, maybe when the scan list was slow and it took a while to go from point A to point B, I think now, regardless of where the scanner is scanning, I think that technology has improved so much that you're not going to really see a difference if you go from, say, like 25 megahertz to 800 megahertz back down to 46 megahertz up to 700 megahertz, right? I, I think the scanner is capable of moving through the systems quick enough that it can do that. Again, we're talking about modern technology, right? Things are a, a lot more complex than they were 20 or 40 years ago. Now, if you're using an old 20-year-old or 40-year-old scanner, God bless you, that <laughs> you could still use something like that. But yeah, in a situation like that, I think I still would do lowest to highest if possible. But you're going to be scan rates going to be so slow anyway. I think it's still going to be able to keep up. So let's just put them in, organize them in. Conventional is very straightforward. Just break the scan list up as to what makes sense to you, right? Do you need a bank of police? Do you need a bank of fire? Do you need a bank of EMS? Do you need to tie two banks together? I know in my county here, when I'm doing conventional in the fire districts, I have to tie three banks together on some radios that have hard-coded banks. So if I have, say, a radio that does 100 conventional memory channels per bank, yeah, I'm tying up about three banks or two and a half banks just for fire. That can up a lot of resources in a scanner's memory management system, which is why I'm glad we have scanners like we have from Whistler, GRE, Radio Shack, or Uniden, where we have flexible-based scanning or dynamic memory or just favorites lists or scan lists, right, depending which camp you come from, makes the memory a lot more efficient. So let's look at trunking, because trunking is where we all start to really get our minds confused and how we can really kick ourselves in certain areas that hurt really badly, <laughs> trying to keep this as PG as possible, right? So... What happens when we do trunking? Well, what happens when we do trunking is the scanner enters the scan list for the trunk system. And it knows it's a trunk system because the way we programmed it, and it goes and it tries to find the control channel. Once it finds the control channel, it stops and listens to the control channel to make sure that it's definitely what it's supposed to be listening to. Once it gets information from the control channel, it then goes through its scan list to find out, hey, 
or any of these talk groups active right now. And it'll wait there a couple seconds, and then it moves on. So now picture this. Conventional, going great. Mile a minute, stops on trunking, and it's almost like the, the radio stops. But two or three seconds, you don't hear it, right? It's just sitting there. But it's not. It's doing things in the back end. And then, boom, goes right back into conventional again. It doesn't spend as much time in conventional, depending on how big your scan lists are, versus how much time are you spent in trunking. Like there's sometimes when I set up a trunk radio system in a bank on my scanners, and I never even see it do conventional because it's spending so much time in the trunk system that, yes, it is dropping back to conventional. But the screen's not even refreshing fast enough to show you that it's doing. So let's keep that in mind here, right? We have a scanner that enters the trunk system. It slows down, just like I'm doing right now to explain things to you. It sits on that control channel. It waits and goes through its scan list. If the scan list is satisfied, it goes back into scanning the next object in queue. Whether that be a conventional system, another trunk system, or even another site on the trunk system, which is now, again, where we run into problems. We run into problems when we start changing sites. Because every time you change sites, you have to reestablish not necessarily a handshake because there is no handshake between our scanners and the trunk system, but we have to basically get our orientation. We have to figure out what side is up and which side is down, right? We have to wait for timing protocols to kick in. We have to wait for overhead messaging to happen. We have to give it time to go through its uh, scan list again of the talk groups and find out what is going on on that system. So picture this. We enter our, scan, our, our, our trunk system. We enter into now site A. The scanner locks on a site A, reads control data info, goes to the scan list. That takes two seconds. Now we go to site B. Rinse, wash, repeat. We've got to make sure we're on the control channel. We're going to sit there for two to three seconds. We're going to make sure that we got every, every talk group in the scan list has gone through a scan list. Then we'll go on to another site in the system you've got programmed in. The more sites you start adding into a trunk radio system, the longer it's going to take you to get out of that trunk radio system. If you follow that, we could spend quite a bit of time in a trunk radio system. So what's the moral of the story here? The moral of the story here is that let's only put in the trunk radio sites in a system that we need and that we know that we need. And what do I mean by that we know that we need? Well, because... In a very well-organized, groomed, and set-up P25 system, not every talk group is on every site. I'm going to say that again. Not every talk group is on every site. What that basically means is that if all the users are on the north end of the district or north end of the county, and you go ahead and you scan the south site for that particular talk group, you may never hear that north end talk group on a south covering site because there are no north end users with a radio co being covered, being served, or registering or affiliating, to use the proper term here, affiliating on the south site. Had a unit driven south and gone onto that south site with their radio and affiliated on that south system, the south site, then there would be a bridge, be like a roaming par partnership, right? Remember the old cell phone days, right? There would be a way to get that roaming talk group to show up on there because now the system has a need for that resource to be there. So it's very important for us to understand 
what sites certain talk groups may or may not be on. So how do we find that out? Well, some of us can find that out pretty easily by having two scanners set up and then putting one radio set up with the north and one with the south and hearing we hear the same thing at the same time. That's an easy way of doing it, but you could tie up two scanners. Or we can use pen and paper. And notice when we look at our scanners and we're scanning, do we see both of those sites on our display? Do we see one then the other? Do we see only one? Take notice of when that talk group shows up, what site it is on when you're scanning. We also have to remember, too, that older DMA scanners by Uniden only allowed you to put one site in per system. What that ended up allowing or needing or requiring us to do is every time we wanted to add another site in there, we had to create a brand new system and clone in those talk groups. Newer scanners like the XT-based scanners, the P2 scanners, the Home Patrol scanners, they just compress everything and it ends up actually being just about the same anyway. A little bit more efficient on the memory because we're not duplicating all of the talk groups that are on there. But also making it a little bit easier too because we can now separate out the talk groups that are per site if we want to do so that way. So remember, sites, only put the sites in you need, only put the talk groups in for that particular site. If you have the need for multiple sites, then yeah, go ahead because you have the need for multiple sites, go ahead and do it, okay? But if you don't have to, you don't have to. Now, let's talk about the best way to put in multiple groups or multiple departments or multiple categories into a single site into your scanner. Well, the best way to do so is by making these mega scan lists and using quick keys, if possible, to categorize our subgroups here. So we're going to want to set up a trunk system and we'll add it on our site and then we'll add a group in, right? And the group we'll call police. The next group will do fire. The next group will do med medical. The next group will do whatever else is in the system. And in most unit and scanners, you can do up to 20 groups. Unfortunately, in the whistleblower environment, you're stuck per scan list, right? So... I'm not exactly sure how this works in the whistle world, to be honest with you, but I know in the Uden world, you can add up to 20 groups or sub-scan lists, right, per per trunk system. Now, these would be your quickies, right, or, or, or your, you know, your quickies in the bottom row of the scanner. So why do we want to do this? We want to do this because we can create a mega scan list that has everything we want to scan in it and let the scanner just sit on the control channel and scan for everything at once. That's the most efficient way to do this inside the scanner. If we do it the other way, and we'll talk about the other way on the break, we're going to tax the scanner, slow things up. And I think if you've understood what we're talking about right now, you can understand why that's going to happen. So moral of the story of where we are at now is single scanner users that are scanning trunk systems are going to want to set up their trunk systems with as few sites as possible that they are needed. Don't put every site under the sun in there. And create mega scan lists. One big scan list with everything they're going to want to scan separated into groups or departments based on what scanner flavor you're using here. Now, the issues here, again, is every time a scanner is in scan, you improve increase the chances of missing a conversation, which is, again, why it's very important to have the scanner as efficient as possible. So on the other side of this break, we're going to flip the script. We're going to talk about the easiest way for us, us humans to understand scan lists, also how I set up my own scan lists, and give you some options for yours as well. As a reminder, anybody who is a $3 or higher Patreon supporter does not get this break. If you want to become a Patreon supporter, go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Everybody else, we'll see you in just a couple minutes.
Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process. And this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out ScannerSchool.com support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, ScannerSchool.com support. Are you looking to learn more about the Scanner Radio Hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues, too. Visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection. And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers, I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on beside your local stuff or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swiss Home and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell Pogsack and Flex pagers, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swiss Home, and Unication dealer serving the North American market, and of course is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For our full inventory or request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. Okay, so prior to the break, we talked about the best way to set up your scanner as far as a machine goes. Your scanner, right? Mega list, big scan list, keep you on that trunk system, do everything up front, then move on, right? But for us, it might be a little difficult to do that. And this is how I start setting up my scanners. And I understand the pros and cons here because obviously I'm explaining it to you, right? So this is one of those, it works good enough. This is the way I'm going to do it, right? We're going back a couple podcast sessions when good enough is good enough, where good enough is perfect. How do I set mine up? 
I create smaller scanless. I don't like breaking things down into groups and departments and, and all that other nonsense because it gives me an opportunity to hit the wrong button, make a mistake, lock things out accidentally, right? So I like to just create smaller scanless. It's just easier for me to toggle things off and on that way. So what does that mean? That means I will create an entire trunk system or a scan list or a favorites list, depending on which camp you're in, just based on County A fire. Then I'll create one for County A police and then County B fire and County B police and County A EMS and County A OEM and County B OEM and County C fire and County D. And I'll go on and on and on and on and I'll do it that way. It will slow down my scanner. I'm aware of that. But in my mind, it is a whole lot easier for me to remember how I have things mapped out when I can see them on my display and I know what's happening. So when it comes to setting up your scanners, it's really going to come down to which is the best way for you. Machine-wise, it's best to put everything in one big list and spend less time in the scanner scanning that site so I can go back and do other things. But us as humans, right, I think it's easier to see things in smaller lists. Here's the deal, right? It doesn't matter which way you do it. It's, it just matters which is the best way for you, right? And that seems to be the theme that's going forward here in the last couple of podcast episodes. What works best for you? That's what you have to go with. So what works best for me in this situation is, yes, I will take the hit on scan speed, but it's easier for me to realize what's going on if I break things down to smaller groups. I'm not saying it's the best way. I'm saying it's the best way for me. The part of me that wants to be perfect about it would make one big scan list and separate them out the way I explained earlier. But the part of me that doesn't want to think <laughs> and wants to keep it as simple as possible will make the smaller scan list. And again, it's easier to do so because we can think about it that way. And plus, when you've got radios like the 436, the 536, the SCS-100, the SCS-200, even the home patrol units, right? And even the Whistler TRX-1 and TRX-2, and I'm sure the PR Pro 18 and, and the Whistler PSR, uh, the GRE PSR 800 and radios like that that have the screens that you can toggle the scanless off and on from the screen, right? I'm sure it's a whole lot easier to toggle things off and on when you're using the screen and you can see things in a graphic environment. And that's the world that I live in on my DMA scanners and also my home patrol units rather, and also my TRX units. I like to know on my screen exactly what it is I'm toggling off and on. And that's also why I use the smaller scan list. Now, how do I also set mine up? Well, here's the other, here's the other kicker. We talked about all these so far has been single channel scanning, right? Let's talk multiple channel scanning. Now you're going to start to see why I prefer the smaller scan list because I have got multiple scanners. And I'll go through on my home patrol units, right? The 436, 536, SDS 100, 200. They're all programmed the exact same way with the same scan list in them, right? So I could effectively take one of each. I could take my 436, my 536, my SDS 100, and 200, pull up four different smaller scan lists in each one of them. Now, effectively, I've got four times the scan speed now because the scanner's not now leaving that system to go on another scan list. I mean, that's probably an exaggeration, but you get what I'm saying. I am using the ability to have multiple scanners to help me with my scan rate. It also allows me now to hear more things because instead of stopping on a transmission and missing another transmission, I can now catch two, three, or four transmissions with a scanner. 
Now, you want to step it up even more. You can throw all your conventional stuff into an analog-only radio or an older radio that just does regular P25, such as a BCD or BC75D or a Pro 2096 or you know something that doesn't do rebanding like um, whatever else might happen to have been out there, uh, you know, the 285, 282, 250D is what I'm trying to say here, the 75D, right? One of those. So... As we start adding in multiple scanners, the ability to have flexible scan lists really do show their strength. And that's that's where I am, right? And that's where I think a lot of us are. But there's also a lot that aren't, and that's perfectly fine. You just need to figure out the best way for you to set your scan list and optimize them for your unique situation. For me to tell you that this is the best way to do it would be the theory on this is the best way to do it. And again, for me, the theory, the best way to do it is to do a giant scan list with one site per system, if possible. But for you, and even for me using the scanners, it's different, right? That's not the practical way of doing it. Do what's best for you when it comes to optimizing your scan list for how you do it, okay? In the end, there's really not going to be a wrong way to do it. But this is a hobby, and I've talked about this on previous podcasts before. This is a hobby. You have every right to see what works best for you. Set it up. Play around with it. Try it different. Put them both in. See what works. See which way you prefer. Tweak them. Lock things out. Change the names. Do what it takes to do, right? Do what it takes to do so that you can enjoy the hobby the best way for you. So in the end, what works best for me may not work best for you. That's what I'm trying to say here. Probably repeat myself about five or six times when I said that, but that's the point here, right? So let's talk about this one more time so we can summarize things here. The best way for your scanner is to have a mega list, a big list with the fewest number of trunk sites required. Let it scan through every single talk group as possible and lock things out based on departments or groups, okay? The best way for you may be that way. But it may also be smaller scan lists and allowing the scanner to go in and out of these trunk radio systems, knowing that you might miss transmissions because the scanner is busy trying to acclimate itself to a control channel and surveying that control channel for any of the talk groups that are in your scan list. Again, single radio users. Again, when I'm out around town, I only have one radio on with me, right? So I am in that single radio user camp when I'm out and about. When I'm home, in the comfort of my little radio room down here, I got multiple scanners. Yeah, I use a smaller list all the time because that's what works best for me down here. So as you can see, optimizing your scan list is not black and white. It's always what works best for you and the situation you're in. And again, let me know. I want to hear how you have your radios set up. Join us over on the Discord, scannerschool.com slash Discord. Or leave us a comment. If you're watching this video on YouTube, again, if you're watching if you're watching the podcast, which really seems like it's a weird thing in my mind. If you're listening to the podcast on YouTube, leave a comment down below in, this, in, in the comment section. Let me know what you think or what you would do or how yours is set up. I'd love to hear other people's opinions on this. Again, our Discord is all set up, ready to go for this. If you're listening to this over on the website, leave a comment down below on the website, or you can always send it to me 
via Twitter, Twitter, via Twitter, uh, by going to scannerschool.com slash Twitter is the best way to redirect over to there. Now, if you know of somebody that would benefit from this podcast episode, what we talked about today, please forward the podcast to them because that is how we can help more people with the scanner radio hobby. And that is the goal of Scanner School because I want to be able to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and we have a great interview next week. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on next week's awesome conversation with a very special guest. 73.